0: Hello and welcome to the Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is Mikey Breslin. Hello. And Dangerous Dave. Hi,
1: Will. <laughs> How
0: are we both? We all alright?
1: All good, man. How are things?
0: Yeah, not bad, not bad. Good, night, good Monday night win for the Chelsea, So, uh, always better. Dave, the Blues won on the opening day. Yeah, I
2: know. I, I can't Goodness believe me. it. Well, yeah.
0: uh, I can tell head. you what
2: it wasn't just me; it was our attack looking dangerous too. Well. Uh,
0: Right, uh, cracking segue there. Anyway, um, let's get away from the championship because it's a disgusting league, and let's move up to the Premier League. Hell of a hell of a start, lads. Um, goals, nice bit of VAR controversy um, in certain places, and um, an instant classic. I would go as far to say in one of the matches. Um, so let's start there. Um, Leeds. The mighty Leeds, Leeds who take fans everywhere around the globe. The legions of Leeds fans go where they, they, I mean, they can't go anywhere at the moment, but you just know they're there supporting. Well, anyway, Leeds after 16 years back in the Premier League, up to the champions, Liverpool, that still feels bad to say. Um, took the fight to them. Um, <laughs> I don't really quite know how to describe this game, Mike, um, but it was a cracker.
1: Absolutely. I uh I wrote my article a bit too soon by the looks of it about Absolutely. the best opening weekend games. Uh this will be in there next year that's for sure. <laughs> Absolute cracker. Seven goals, a hat-trick, uh, a couple of penalties, mm-hmm. a bit of VAR. Had it all really. Uh
0: let's start with Liverpool's performance because we will um uh, we we'll probably want to talk about Leeds a bit more in depth, but Liverpool we've been worried um, not we're not worried because obviously they're still a fantastic team, um, but there's been a few signs of defensive fragility post lockdown. And um, Dave, this was not an impressive performance from Big Verge, was it? No, he was he was
2: at fault for the second goal. Bamford, um, usually a player that looks too <laughs> Bamford Island. Bamford back. Island. Um, usually a player that looks very assured. I just well, Patrick Bamford. Nev- Obviously in front of goal, but Van Dijk at the back. Um usually pretty steady solid player. You can sort of rely on him, but it felt like he didn't really ever sort of settle into this game, really. Um yeah. I think he seemed I don't I don't think I should go as far as unsettled, but he just didn't just didn't seem like he was ever really assured in himself at the back. He seemed uh-huh. a bit
0: unfortunate Another, like, unsure of himself, rather. I thought, and I could, a few times, uh, Van Dijk has a little bit of the Ricardo Carvalho about him in that he plays the game with slippers and a cigar and just a glass of cognac in his hands at all time.
1: Everything always looks so easy.
0: Yeah, and it, the even his mistake for Patrick Bamford's um, beautifully taken goal, the Lord Bamford, um, even his um, mistake was smooth and... Far too calm. He looked, if anything, I thought, too settled. I don't know what you thought, Brez, being the former centre-half you are. <laughs>
1: not quite to this level. but Not I'm quite not to well. this level, but um, draw on what
0: experience you have.
1: Yeah. I mean, This is a mistake that we pretty much haven't seen Van Dijk make since he joined Liverpool. No. Um, so kind of unexpected, I guess. Yeah. As you were saying, I think it's more on the side of he's just so relaxed sometimes. Mm-hmm that maybe just took his half the ball a little bit. Um doesn't expect Bamford to finish.
2: No. No. Is, everyone's
1: everyone's gonna underestimate that man this year. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna score stacks. But yeah. Um,
2: Here he goes, not gonna score again. The Ricky Bumble mark C.
1: Joe no Linton round two.
0: Um I think Van Dijk has been so imperious at the back and he's he's, he's been the, certainly the best centre half I think in the league since the, the pomp of Vincent Company was probably the last great centre half we saw even if he was woefully overrated. Um, but we haven't really seen that this from him and so much of what Liverpool do relies on them having relies on him being otherworldly because You saw it again in this game, particularly with the first goal, in that people can target the fullbacks of Liverpool, in particular the space behind them, because they're so attacking. And that's what Leeds did religiously in this game. Balls in behind, into those channels, see what they can do. And you saw with the first, the Jack Harrison equaliser, Alexander-Arnold getting caught out. And he's he's weak defensively. Um, Is is it a worry for you, Mike, that... (laughs) They've sort of been coasting with him being a below-average defender for a while, and the team started to find it out. Are you a little bit worried about Liverpool's defence?
1: If uh, if teams keep doing kind of what Leeds did to them, a lot mm-hmm. of teams are going to struggle to do what Leeds did to them. But if uh, if particularly some of the better teams can take it to them, and yeah, like you say, find it, find the space in behind Robertson and Trent, in particular mm-hmm. Trent. You can definitely have some joy down there. Van Dijk and Gomez aren't going to want to be pulled wide nah. by those balls. It's a place where neither of them want to be. Obviously, both of them are fairly quick. But when you've got a winger running at you, for example, let's say it's a Dharma Traore, mm-hmm. it's not really a space uh, or a place that you want to end up as a centre-half. I can tell you that from my limited experience.
0: <laughs> um, um, it is. It is interesting that um, back in the last season, Chelsea did it to them in the game where it was it was 5-3, um, mainly thanks to Kepa. Um, but Chelsea play them next weekend, and it'll be interesting to see if they go for exactly the same game plan because for the longest time now, we've sort of had the, the blueprint for beating Man City is to sit back, defend compactly and break on the counter. And we sort of haven't had that template for beating Liverpool, which if they've been found out, it might might make their title defence slightly more tricky than it originally looked.
1: It's tough for Liverpool because so much of their attacking strengths come from Robertson and Trump. Yeah. But also, as we've seen with Chelsea last season, Leeds, in the first game of this season, it also provides somewhere that a team can focus on to get at them as well. Yeah. So I think if if you're going to be looking at both teams to score, there's going to be a lot of Liverpool games with that in.
0: I've got a question, Dave about Alexander-Arnold um, mm-hmm. big fans of Jordan, Jordan Henderson here on the pod big fans of what he brings um, in particular in that right-sided chat, right-sided part of midfield um, he, he sort of like drives them on whips balls into the box from slightly further back like the early cross um, mm-hmm. is there a case to be made that that role it's almost tailor-made for a player like Alexander
2: Arnold. Yeah, I've fought it for a while, to be honest. I think Alexander Arnold should bring a lot into bring a lot into a midfield, uh, basically playing the way he does. And you sort of want at this point a fullback that's more well, more competent in their defensive duties because I feel Alexander Arnold, as good as he is, his delivery's brilliant going forward you can't really rely on him if if team's going to break against you i feel he's mm-hmm. not just doesn't really have that defensive quality and i think obviously he's still quite young if you were to move him into midfield now or in the next couple of seasons it, it wouldn't be like too late he'd i think he'd easily mold into that um and obviously with the age of henderson Sort of going to have to start looking to replace him anyway, and Alexander mm-hmm. Arnold could be a
0: perfect long-term replacement for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's talk about the new boys Um because I don't know about the two of you. Um, the column inches and the television thing segments that were dedicated to plucky leads going toe to toe with Liverpool, um, I thought were. I uh, um, excuse my French fucking ludicrous um <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I wrote about this actually in the in our four things we learned from this weekend, um, which you can find on in aroundmedia.com there's the plug for you um there I wrote that, I wrote that um Liverpool were comfortably the better team in this game um more possession, more shots um but not a- so you'd actually had 51 percent uh, possession not- well. You know what I mean? They had it in the better areas. Yeah,
2: Leeds, yeah. Yeah. So
0: go okay, and look at the fair. yeah. My apologies. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for calling me out on that. Um but I think there's a big thing to be said about um for Leeds that they're not as good at finishing their chances as they were in this game. Um they're actually a poor finishing team and for them to score three from four shots isn't sustainable. Um Dave you probably watched a bit more of Leeds last year. Were you a bit surprised by how well they took the chances and what they created?
2: Yeah, I mean, as we already discussed with Bamford, I mean, it was a nice finish. Uh, he still did well, but the actual chance was sort of gifted to him, really. Uh, Jack Harrison's goal was was particularly nice as uh, the ball into him was great and obviously his finish beating his man was really good. Clitch's goal was weird, like, it was quite nice, but at the same time I sort of was expecting more from the keeper. Um, just a, seemed a scrappy goal to concede. Like He had so much time and space to actually take that shot, which we haven't really seen from Liverpool defence. Usually Van Dijk or Gomez are right on someone. Um, mm-hmm. Having said that, to have taken three chances in the way they did must be a confidence boost for the team, I would think. Um but it was a bit worrying because Leeds last year were very much a team that created loads of chances and that's more what got them over the line rather than being clinical.
1: Mm-hmm. More the
2: fact that they would keep creating chances and eventually one would go in or or two would go in. Um, and in this game, they seemed, as clinical as they were with their chances, they seemed pretty, well, unable at times to get anything going going forward. Um So, um, to be fair, again, it's hard to really judge them against the champions. I'd I'd like to see what they're like against a more sort of mid-table team and see how they really play and and what they'll really be like.
0: Yeah. Um, Mike, I'm going to come to you for uh, the defensive side of Leeds' performance Um, because at times it was woeful, uh, Mm. I thought, particularly. Um, And that was my big worry is we we watched... I know me and you last year, we talked about it. We watched um, Norwich go to Liverpool on the first game of the season. I believe we both called it horribly wrong in saying that we thought Norwich would be competitive in certain games last season because they could play such expansive football. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they were so woeful defensively because they were so open. Um, Wasteful finishing from Liverpool in this one kept it from being a slightly higher scoreline, I'd say, because... Leeds kept giving the ball away out the back. Are you slightly worried about Leeds defensively?
1: Yeah, to a point, yeah. I think the, my main worry is on the flanks. Uh, to the, the right and left backs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe not enough legs mm-hmm. out there. Obviously, um, what's his name? Koch from Freiburg. He He's going to need some time to settle in. I believe he only started training on Thursday or maybe the week yeah. before. He hasn't had long to bed in. I don't think we can take yeah. as bad as some of their defending was. He was quite unlucky with the penalty. I thought. Yeah. Um, after it hits, after it hits him on the thigh, it's pretty tough.
0: It's a pen, I know, though. I
1: know where his arm <laughs> is. Yeah, it annoys me that that's a pen. Yeah. But yeah, apparently that's a pen. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: So he he needs to be given a little bit more time to bed in. I think. It's also difficult to judge them against Liverpool, who admittedly did miss some chances True. and still scored four. These aren't the games that are going to keep Leeds no. in the league or whatever. No. It's, no, it's a positive enough start, I would say, for them. I was a little surprised how open they were, mm-hmm. to be honest. But they did cause some problems. Yeah, They also caused themselves some problems.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I think they're a better side than Norwich. I'm happy to go on <laughs> Yes, yes, uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I agree. That. Um, I agree. But there's, there's some good things. There's definitely some things that Bielsa will want to work on as well, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Probably worth Gertin mentioning they were missing their captain too, in Cooper. Yeah, I've, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I think he'd have made a big difference. Also, I'd like to
0: point out there
2: are two new signings, Koch and Rodrigo each gave away a penalty on the debut. So it's a great start.
0: Uh, you can't expect everything at the start. as a wise man once said on a Monday night football. Um, <laughs> that's Fat that part, everyone. Anyway, um, I think, Dave, you made an interesting point about how you can't really um, take too much away from, Le- from Leeds' performance against Liverpool. And that is exactly how I feel about Arsenal's performance against Fulham. Um, let's have a quick chat about the Arsenal Um we're big fans of Mikel Arteta here on the podcast. Not such big fans of the Arsenal, but um, they're slowly becoming quite an enthralling team. What What were your thoughts on this one? What did you think of it?
1: Fulham are awful.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> takeaway is that you can't really judge Arsenal's performance because Fulham are trash.
1: Yeah. Uh, the outlook's not not good for them.
0: No. No. Dave, as someone who watched a lot of Fulham last year, we, we predicted him to finish 20th. But as someone who watched Fulham last year, yourself, um, were you surprised by this?
2: Not really, no, to be honest. Um, the only thing I will really say with Fulham is Mitrovic wasn't fit. And he's a big way of part of how they play because they don't really have any of the big, powerful forwards. No. I'm um, playing Kamara. Uh, he's much more of like a I guess a pressing forward. He's quite fast. He did nearly get to get he did <laughs> need to get lucky at nil-nil though. Uh, he yeah. nearly forced Leno into a mistake. Um a horrible which,
0: pass from Gabriel.
2: Yeah, which on the other foot Mitrovic wouldn't even have been quick enough to get there, but doesn't really mean anything when the back four oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> Michael Hector <laughs> The fact Chelsea paid actual pounds for this guy looks worse every time I see him play. Um, and he's not not been with you for a long, long time. Just, Still just, looks horrible. Just,
0: just to come in on that, Michael Hector's one of those ones that Chelsea bought never to actually play. It's like Papi Body. He's never going to play for the club. Who? Mm-hmm. Pappy Digibody. He plays Sunderland as well.
2: What They're a cracking up. name. That I was. just... Yeah, yeah, great. I also think... was because...
0: fuming when they bought him
2: with this Fulham team, one big thing for them is trying to get the ball in midfield and play. Tom Kearney is great at doing it in the Championship, but last time he sort of proved the Prem was too far for him. I'm not sure the midfield as a whole is strong enough to get the best out of even Kearney, let alone some of the other players in there. Just, Just saying they're a woeful team, and as I put on that talk, Parker's pumpkins.
0: Terrible. Terrible, <laughs> terrible team. He's been, thinking, he's been waiting to say that joke for is all day. Um, and also, yeah, he really
2: Anthony, has. Anthony Knockart is in the team and he's thoroughly dislikable, so it's another negative for
0: Fulham. Uh, well, the biggest negative for Fulham is that they're Fulham. Um, but that being said, um, Fulham are woeful and they're probably going to be the team that everyone who's on a bad run of form is pl- praying they've got Fulham next. But... That's not to take away from the fact that you can only beat who's in front of you. And Arsenal might be really impressive.
1: Yeah, really, really good. There's more good vibes coming out of Arsenal. Good vibes. performances. He's
0: not wrong, though. For no, it's Ars- true. Arsenal have had, for the last couple of years, it's been toxic. Just and, horrible plays. And literally since Arteta's come in, you, just, you get a good sense of the club. You get a good sense of the, the feeling he's brought back to the club and the confidence he's given the players. Anyway, sorry, mate.
1: Ab- no, absolutely, I agree. Um, yeah, they've continued their good form, obviously off the back of the Community Shield. Um, new signing Gabriel thought he was. Other than that back pass, thought he looked grew really into good. the game. I but, would yeah, say, yeah. which is absolutely fine on your debut. Um, yeah, that's uh, you're allowed a couple of twenty shaky minutes
0: at the start. I think um, couldn't have really wished. I mean, I tell you what, Arsenal, you would have thought to yourself if Mitrovic was playing and he could have battered around those two centre-halves. I was you would
1: thinking have, that, yeah. You
0: would have, you would have worried for the, the lad a bit, so it couldn't have been nicer for him, but still you've got to go out and perform and a debut goal as well.
1: Yeah, that always helps. It uh, looked like he enjoyed that. Aubameyang's mm. goal was a f- cracking team goal. Yeah. <laughs> a lovely finish again from him. Um, he, we're recording on Tuesday, he signed his new deal today, which yeah. is more good news for the Gunners. It's,
0: it's huge news for Arsenal, because think of how, off, how often do they keep their best players, in really. The last, the last decade, for example, but it's massive news even if he is on the older scale.
1: Uh, and another nice takeaway: we we thought I definitely thought Lacazette was on his bike this mm. summer. He's still there. Got the first goal. Um, if he sticks around, I mean they're they're still pretty tasty up top.
0: Yeah, I do want to I do want to talk about um goal in the front three in general because. Um, it very much feels like uh, managers can have great players, but they have to put the great players in a position to succeed. And um, Abamian's goal is perfect example for that because you can see that Arteta was obviously instructed Maitland-Niles to underlap and uh, Tierney to overlap, which means that the fullback can't come out to meet him. And that's money for Abamian. That's practically a tap in. He's always going <laughs> to test the keep- he's always going to test the keeper there. And that's just an example of. He wouldn't be able to do that with his back to goal. And that's just why playing him on the left wing is actually such a nice um, tactical change from Arteta, really. It's a it's a good idea.
1: I feel like he's scored that same finish so many times. I've oh, seen him yeah. do that so often.
0: Yeah. It's his signature move. It really is. Yeah,
1: it does feel like that now. Um, yeah. Willian on debut with the old three assists as well. Oh,
0: Jesus, where has this been for seven fucking years, Willian? Really? <laughs> He got,
1: a season, anyone
0: on a free? He, he got an assist from a corner. It was the first corner I'd ever seen. Beat the first man from him. I was, <laughs> I was just, I was few, but absolutely. Fuming. Oh dear! I yeah, um, will get him. William flashbacks. Honestly, honestly. But that being said, um, balance in the front three is perfect because uh, William offers natural width, which you're not getting on the other side with the Bamyang wanting to come inside every time. But Lacazette is really good at holding the ball up, um, and he dovetails so lovely with he dovetails so nicely already with Aubameyang. You can see an understanding forming with William in limited minutes. I think that's going to be a really tasty front three.
1: Yeah, Aubameyang and Lacazette have always linked up really well. So if they can, yeah, make a link with William as well.
0: Yeah, it's promising. Not bad. Oh. Promising signs. Promising yeah. sides. Not for Fulham. Or Parkin... Parkins? Parkers? Parkers Pumpkins? There we are. Parkins. Parkins. I'm in a mixture of both, but I like it. Parkinsons. It looked like <laughs> some... Honestly, it looked like some of the Fulham players had <laughs> Um. So, let's talk about the other North London club, because... Um, I'm All gonna or put nothing. Here we go. This is Will Hunt, William David Hunt. My hand is up. Second podcast of the new season that I would like to admit to being wrong. I put I, along with David Harris, who I'm not yeah, apologising. Hands up, too. Well, ladies <laughs> gentlemen, hands, are up. hands are up. We said that Tottenham were going to finish above Arsenal, and now I'm not sure Tottenham are finishing above Fulham. Uh, <laughs> this, honestly, this is this is like the I, I've been fooled. This is <laughs> this is the quintessential Tottenham team, full of great players. Who don't want to fight or work and are just going to be abject failures for the rest of their career. They are shite. There is no urgency. Oh, it's a horrible game. Dave, Tottenham, how were we so wrong? Oh.
1: Jose's acting on the I'm All not... or Nothing documentary. That he's yeah,
2: that's your So I, I just. You. It was just, as you say, Will, it's just there was no drive from the players. Like they played no differently at nil, nil to being one nil down. There was no fight from the players. The midfield, especially got totally Allen was brilliant. He
0: Terrorized was, them. Michael Absolutely.
2: Keane. I mean, great. I'm see. sure any midfielder in front of him's a dream because it stops him going near the ball. But anyway, he said, he said Allen's every center back stream. Cause he was just mopping up all yeah. afternoon. Um, Hamas they allowed a lot of space, which is strange given that, yeah, he's not been the player that everyone knew when he uh, was at the World Cup and got his move yeah, to Real Madrid. Just an but inside. he's still still an excellent technical player and you shouldn't be standing off him. Decore as well, to be honest, was pretty, pretty decent in that midfield. He's quite a robust player anyway. They just got totally overrun in that midfield. Um, Calvert-Lewin's goal as well was... Pretty nice header, to be honest. What a boy, Eric Dyer, wanting to play centre back, proved that he probably shouldn't play there with his total failure. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Okay, Um, that was great.
2: Just, it's just a he did totally fail. He he got nowhere near Calvert Lewin. He was he was
0: not good, but none of nowhere near. Um, I've got a couple of before going before going back to Everton because they were brilliant, but I do want to quickly um talk about Tottenham. Um. Uh, Doherty was fine, but Hoiberg had a really tough debut. And um, Tottenham's midfield was a problem area last season. Um, they, they, they haven't replaced the creativity that Eriksen um, brought to the team. Um, they've, got, they've got a bunch of runners, but they're lacking a ball player, which is crazy when you say, you're like, Harry Winks is in there. Oh, he's a ball player. Harry Winks is, n- is awful. He's not.
2: Yeah, playing... I don't know what like, he does. I,
0: I'm. I do not know what he does. It was quite incredible watching Harry Winks line up against Andre Gomez, and I'm like, well, I don't even know if this is a crucial battle because I don't know what either of you do. Um, <laughs> but I think Tottenham, Tottenham looked tired, and it's the first day of the new season, and Tottenham looked knackered. Um, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think they're set up brilliantly. But I, I just I don't know how you fix it. Um, and for all that, they'll probably, they'll, Jose will probably grind out a few wins this season, but I just. Uh, I'm sure he will. I'm not sure they. I'm just. I'm not as confident in that the player's quality is going to shine through as I was. But anyway, back to Everton. Um, because we've criticised Everton a lot on this podcast, Mike. But new look midfield, um, Alan and Decore in particular. How did you feel that they performed on their debut?
1: Very good. Really good, actually. It's particularly Alan. We know what Decore brings. We wanted to see what Alan would bring him into the league, how he'd settle. Quite often it will take... Well, it can take a season more for uh, someone to come in, particularly someone that's been in uh, Serie A for so long. But slotted straight in there. uh, Lots of energy. Just a brilliant screen in front of, yeah, Mr. Keen and Yeri Mina.
0: He broke up play really well. I
1: thought. Very good. Really good. Um, and yeah, those two, Alan and DeCore, the new lads versus Winks and Hoiberg, just totally bossed them.
0: Mismatch, wasn't I, it?
1: Absolute mismatch. Abs- total mismatch. As you said, Hoiberg, not good on debut. No, I'm sure he'll be better. Yeah. But yeah, they got outworked. Um, go on, Dave. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was just going to say one thing that stuck out for me with this Tottenham midfield is they don't have like a, a Victor Wanyama or Musa Dembele who are happy to do the dirty work. None of them want to do it. But,
0: but that's my thing. What do they have? Like Moussa oh, yeah, Sissoko, in theory, is that player, but he's not but that he's player. Not. No, he's not. Yeah, um, I, I, The balance is off, but I'm not, I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure. Musa Sissoko is a good player. I'm not sure any, any of the others it's really a- are.
1: It's it's interesting because it's kind of like Everton's midfield last year where you don't really know what any of them are bringing.
0: No, yeah, it's exactly the same. I mean they they've,
1: <laughs> they've ended up with Everton's midfield from last year. I mean
0: there were two I was I was I thought going into this game I was going to see Ancelotti play 442. Given that the entirety of last season he played 4 4 2 when it didn't suit him. And then all of a sudden he's bought Decore and Allen, who are two players who are perfectly suited to playing 4 4 2. And <laughs> he played 4 3 3. With Andre, Andre Gomez is still getting in the team. I'm like, who's, what incriminating pictures does this man have? Because he is <laughs> woeful. You've got to fit him in there. <laughs> he is woeful. But that being said, you looked at the average, if you go and look at the average position map of, of this. Uh, the midfield in this fixture as opposed to last year's fixture they were perfectly structured there was a lot more structure to it and that gave them the platform to actually go and succeed off but Tottenham came into this season like we're going to press we're going to press we're going to press they're not going to press it's, I, I don't, it's baffling.
1: baffling this seems to be a problem with, with all Mourinho teams they always look leggy by the last 15-20 minutes of just any fixture ever and then he comes out and complains about fixture congestion and not having a squad. Yeah, every single time. I, I, th-
0: I think I think Tottenham I think Tottenham are suffering from the fact that they they haven't they hadn't when they were on top they didn't buy to supplement the squad and they worked Kane into the ground. It's a bit like what Ferguson did to Rooney in that he, they worked and worked and worked them into the ground. So years down the line, they're just as not as good as they once were. It's not to say Harry Kane is still a fantastic striker. But
1: and you can't keep him on the pitch either.
0: Yeah, but these injury problems are no... then nothing. But let me tell you, I'm enjoying every second of it.
1: It's, it's nice to see Everton actually looking a bit better because they've been just no, in total isn't. disarray for the last few years.
0: Yeah, and it's been fantastic. <laughs> like, honestly, I, I do want to give a quick shout-out to Hamez because he was really good, despite me yelling at Ben Davis, showing him on the outside... Literally every time he got the ball, I'm like, show him onto his right for. F-. But Ben Davis was like, "Nah, I'll just let him cut inside every time." I right, played- I'd
1: like to pass pass on my commiserations as well to Doherty, who's moved from Spurs to Wolves. No, from Wolves to Spurs just looks worse every
0: single day. It really does. it it, 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 it was not. <laughs> I, 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 he was what I thought he was okay, Docty, and I felt a bit sorry for him. Um, but yeah,
1: he had a fair, he had a fair enough game, but just Wolves have got a much better project on the go at the moment.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's move on because Ham, Everton were good. Probably should have won three and a left for Charlson was a good player. Um, but let's move on. Um, let's 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 quickly talk about. Um, Newcastle um, and West Ham. West Ham. West Ham. <laughs> Honestly, lads. Just some, someone, please. Please okay. tell me why West Ham are so bad. I have
1: no idea what happens to players when they walk in at West Ham. It just... <laughs> it just... No, nothing ever works there. Um, uh-huh. Obviously, no, again, I'm going to go back to it because I think it's still relevant Noble's tweet about them letting uh, Diangana go mm. Mm. which apparently was backed by Moyes as well but there's just so much bad things happening above the even above the squad and the squad of crap but even above that it seems like there's a total disconnect between the the uh, playing squad um and and everyone upstairs. I don't know that Moyes is particularly the right man. I'm sure he'll, like Mourinho, will um, find a way to get some results. But I'm not, this time, I'm not as confident that they're going to stay up. I can't no. remember where we put them on the 120s, but... 17th. 16th or 17th, I
2: think,
0: Mike.
1: <laughs> They'll do well to finish there after what I saw against Newcastle.
0: Dave, um... You were worried about Newcastle a little bit and circling the drain for a while. Um, Mm. West Ham weren't good, but you still got, again, like we said with Arsenal versus Fulham, you got to beat who's in front of you. Um, Were you impressed by um, Newcastle?
2: Yes. Um, Well, I thought he was crying out for it last year. John Joe Shelby, whatever you say about him, for a team of that level, is a good midfielder. He obviously has Isaac Hayden next to him, who will get in and do the dirty work, wins a lot of tackles, and they were missing someone else next to them and like that midfield three. Like Matty Longstaff, really good prospect, but not really the finished article.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Jeff Hendrick seems yeah. maybe to be the perfect free for that midfield. He's different to the other two, more of a runner. Shelby Ravel would sort of sit, get on the ball and let the ball do his running if you like mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Uh, Hendrick really impressed me. He actually got a goal and assist for, in the two goals. Um, Callum Wilson's goal was clinical. Yeah,
0: um, I want to talk, talk um, just what
2: about. you want from a finisher. Joel Linton and Muto aren't scoring that chance, so he literally proved in the first yeah first game why he's why he's there. Andy Carroll actually played pretty well, to be honest, next to Wilson. Um well, I thought that was a really interesting selection scored,
1: by Bruce.
2: He almost scored an absolute banger
0: I at I, the bar. I, I do think that's unbelievable. Think, I do think you're right, Mike, in that I think Bruce has Bruce has kind of got a way of playing. And I think he to accommodate Wilson, who's a bit more of a he's a bit smaller, a bit more technical, he's more likely to run the channels. I did think he was probably gonna put in Joel Linton or Carroll to have him play play off him and I thought this could be where your your new for me now finally comes to his to the fore but um, yeah that shows
1: what Bruce out. thinks of Joel Linton then
0: yeah probably probably it's not a good not a good look for him but um Wilson was really good I know we we've, we've been critical of Callum Wilson at times but um he do, if someone who can who's a bit more of a consistent goal scorer, probably going to get you, what, maybe 10, 12, your average Premier League striker. Is going to be a big help for Newcastle in the games like this?
1: That, well, that's extra goals that they didn't have last year that they've added just by adding Callum Wilson. So, yeah, in that sense, it's going to be huge in games like this where the West Ham are going to be one of the teams that probably will finish near-ish Newcastle. Newcastle, I'd expect to finish higher. Yeah. These are the games you've got to pick up three points. Mm. so yeah goals from Wilson in these games are the key ones mm. Hendrick I've always liked I was so surprised Burnley let him go I, I know Dice is pretty frustrated about that as well mm-hmm. mm. um, the, the Newcastle midfield looks as Dave said so much better balanced now um, and yeah Bruce doing a decent job still yeah Moyes has got his work cut out it's mm. uh It'll be interesting to see where they finish in relation to each other, those two.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, that honestly, I saw West Ham-Newcastle on TV and I thought, fucking hell. The pro- well, you wait-
1: <laughs> every game's on TV. Till the end you, of
0: September, so. I know, I know, but some games for like public safety should be kept off it. Anyone, <laughs> anyone, <laughs> to safety. Um I tell you game. I I'll tell you a game I did watch and enjoyed. Um, just to get a look at one of the new boys was West Brom uh, Leicester. Pretty one-sided in the end, although West Brom actually started well. Um, Dave, Tim, Leicester's new signing is it Timothy Castagne?
2: Yeah, Timothy Castagne.
0: I know you're a fan, so tell me why you enjoyed his performance. Well, he just defensively he was pretty
2: solid, um, sort of did everything that you wanted him to do. He looked, looked pretty confident in the tackle, uh, tracked his run as well, which even with players like Alexander Arnold, who are technically elite fullbacks, even they don't do that. Um, let's, let's going forward let's, he, he like, is an you elite can't fullback. you can't go you can't say that and carry on do you not he think is an elite, fullback. an elite fullback he is an elite fullback but <laughs> okay but he's not defensively good is he no
1: but he's still one of the best fullbacks in the no.
0: world no yeah, yeah i'll i'll fight with you on that i'm on the front of that i like the fullbacks to be able to defend as well as attack However, fullbacks on not fullbacks anymore, they're the new box to box midfielders. So <laughs> but um anyway, Castania.
2: Yeah, he took his goal pretty well. Um yeah, just a pretty solid debut all round. Um and obviously people were worried with Chilwell leaving that they wouldn't have any replacement. Him and Pereira could be Two really good fullbacks to have in the team, um, and also I felt he just sort of fitted into the team quite nicely. seemed seemed quite aware of where his teammates were going to be when he was passing and stuff already. So I think he could be a really good player to watch this year, um, and yeah, maybe one of those another good Leicester signing that just. No one really knows him at the start of the season, and by the end, everyone, everyone's like, Once "Yeah, he's, he's a cracking player." <laughs>
0: yeah. Mike, um, big win for Leicester. Um, Vardy, in his post-match, said they sort of it was sort of almost like getting back to business after the obviously the disastrous end to last season. How important was the three points here?
1: Yeah, I think this is massive because Leicester are going to be one of the teams I'm going to be looking out for their results. Um, Simply because I don't know which Leicester is the real Leicester.
0: Yeah, Brendan after Rogers last... is on broad watch. Maybe yeah,
1: after he certainly is because <laughs> after last year, I I don't know which Leicester to believe—the one that was brushing everyone aside and had them in second at Christmas, or or the one that was, I mean, pretty pretty awful but... collapse, as we've said on this pod before. So yeah, definitely very good start. West Brom had a decent first half in this game, but yeah. Other than that, pretty one-sided towards Leicester. Yeah. um, Um, Good to get the early three points,
0: as always, though. Dave, so um, West Brom last season, at the end of the season, uh, mentality, there were questions about it, quite frankly, because they sort they let a lead go. In this one, um, obviously, Leicester got the goal um, and then they sort of uh, started capitulating, giving away two silly penalties, wasn't great. Um, That's a worrying sign for you, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, if, you, if you're a team that you just get totally outplayed, you know, maybe sometimes you just hold your hands up and you're like, OK, though they, they were just far better than us. I didn't actually feel Leicester were far better than for a while, a period of the game. But once that goal went in, West Brom sort of didn't have the belief that they were still in the game, it felt like. Mm-hmm. And to give away two penalties... They're they're pretty, especially O'Shea's. I think he tripped James Justin. It's just one of those tackles where you like you don't really need to make it. Is it out of tiredness? Is is he just frustrated? And obviously giving penalties away for any team is basically being a master of your own downfall. And to give two away in the last fifteen minutes, just just ridiculous. To
0: be honest, Mm. I'm a bit worried for them defensively. Okay. Um. It, it, what I didn't fill me with confidence, but um, I always thought that they were for a tough season. Um, let's. We've got two games left to just quickly chat through. Let's get through this next one really quickly so we can talk about the huge fixture down at the Amex. Oh, uh, so it's three left. there's three first. left. Um, three left. What's yeah, the other got one got? Palace. And Palace. Oh, Palace. Fuck off. Oh, let's let's, let's Palace.
2: Let's Come do on. Palace. As they oh. look good off the bench. Zaha looked like the player that people wanted to buy for loads of money. Southampton weren't actually that bad, um, but the, yeah, the big somehow they, they still game, lost to Palace.
1: Zaha's back.
0: Yeah, I will tell you after what, after one performance, more returns to Prem already. Yeah,
1: and the other thing is the VAR use in this game was great.
0: Go on, Mike, Finally. tell us about
1: it then. Yeah, so so Carl Walker Peters got sent off for a high foot. Yeah. Um, VAR had a look at it, told John Moss, the ref, to go and have a look at the monitor, which I've been calling for for months on this podcast. He has, he
0: has, in fact. It's finally
1: here, everyone.
0: Who would have thought John Moss doing a bit of good refereeing? Anyway, carry on, Brett. Yeah,
1: so he had a look at it. I didn't think it was a a red card. Neither did. I think it was Steve McManaman on the comms.
0: I didn't, FYI. Um, That's good. He
1: overturned his decision, um, booked him. Great stuff. I like Carl Walker-Peters as well, so it couldn't have happened to him. It's a a better bloke. We <laughs>
0: um, can move on. Uh, I think not a good start for Southampton. However, um, started slow last year. I think they'll grow into it. I think they'll be absolutely fine. Crystal Palace. If if, if Eze takes a Eze group, if he takes a little bit of pressure off Zahar like he didn't late in this one, then they're going to be absolutely fine. Um, and please, Zahar. I accidentally, I got, I ended up drafting you for a third year running. I need some points this year, pal. Last year was a disgrace Get a grip Good start But let's keep it going Um, Let's talk about Watford Sheffield United Not Watford Watford Wolves Sheffield United Um, Do you know something lads Two goals going early And just killed any semblance Of this being a real game Didn't they Um, Yeah Our man Jimenez Uh, That's my boy Clinic for the first 30 minutes Absolute clinic
1: Yeah Wolves are fantastic if they, yeah. if they play anything like this for the rest of the season, they, they're going to be knocking on the top four's door. Um,
0: <laughs> there's there's, um, a, there's yeah, a take, ladies and uh, gents. No, I don't yeah, think he's wrong.
1: Um, if if you watched that Dave, you'd know they played fantastic. They were really good. Um, yeah, two early goals. This was this contest was over in seven minutes. Really, uh, the goals from him and Essendon size. Sheffield United at least dug in and didn't let it get any worse. Yeah, That's that's pretty much all I've got to say here. (laughs) It
0: it wasn't a particularly eventful game because um, Wolves didn't let it be a really eventful game. It was a really professional performance. Now, I'm going to ask a question that is way too early to be asked. It was a bit of a ridiculous question, but I've got to ask it. Um, Sheffield United's second season syndrome, we saw them falter after the lockdown and they weren't... They weren't they weren't awful here, but they weren't good. Um, are we are we are we starting to worry?
2: Uh, when you look at their squad, uh, I'm not holding much hope of them being able to replicate anything there next year. Um, They're gonna just,
0: stay up. I think oh, they'll stay up, yeah. But... I
2: think they'll stay up, but I think it'll be much more of a. They could actually be in the discussion about relegation at some point in the season, but they'll pull out of it Mm. albeit like the top of the you know there'll be six seven teams in the mix and they'll be in the top couple Mm. um but i don't think it's going to
0: exactly be a plain sailing season for them i'll be predicting them to have sort of the season that crystal palace had last year where they weren't spectacular but they were comfortably safe for most of the season I think oh, with Wilder, it they'll, does, they'll
2: still pick up enough points, yeah. It does depend. I saw Wilder saying that they're in the market for a striker. Oh, think, if they manage to bring in a decent striker, they could be fine.
0: They're um, rumoured to be after Ryan Brewster, which is um, an interesting one, to say the least. Um,
1: See, that if I'm Liverpool, that just doesn't make sense, sending him there, I don't think.
0: No, this is exactly how I thought about the Ampidou deal, when I actually sat down and well, thought about
2: also, it. Well, it's also, if you're going to loan a player and they become an interesting like pivotal part of your system still leaves you with a, a huge hole the next season and I think it's always a difficult one for those teams to, to try and take a player on board like that really
0: mm. anyway
1: last on match of the day it's Brighton Chelsea
0: yeah last on match of the day uh this Will's was happy. Um, yeah pod's over cheers, cheers yeah <laughs> let me tell you lads uh this was um this was not a good Chelsea performance at all um Debuted a new shape, a four-two-two-two. Um, Yeah, yeah, exactly, Brez. Brez has just shaped his head for everyone. Um, uh, of which you thought, oh, he's going to play Havertz and Werner up top. No, it was Loftus-Cheek and um, Werner up top. And then it switched to a four-two-three. It was bizarre. It was bizarre. A um, couple of takeaways from Chelsea Point. Um, Havertz has played out of position wide right. He's going to be much better when they play him in the middle. He had a few nice touches and a ball through. And a absolutely horrific running pass that has been shared on social media widely yeah. and still makes me chuckle when I see it. Um, Werner looks sharp. Uh, he's going to score a lot of goals this season. Yeah, if,
1: he really is.
0: If Barclay and if if Barkley and um, Loftus-Cheek remember how to play football and play passes, then he would have scored a couple this game. Um, Brighton, masses their own downfall though. Um, they were really good and then let Chelsea get a lead and then sort of Came back into it, fought really hard and then Chelsea killed them with two goals. It was a cracking strike by Rhys James. Um, Mm -hmm. Leave Chelsea Chelsea out of it, though, um, because I do want to talk Brighton, actually, because Brighton more than deserved to win this game. Tarek Lamptey... Oh, he's great. In the first half, had a nutmeg on Marcus Alonso that made me (laughs) yelp in my living room. I was just like, oh, God. It was disgusting what he did to him. He abused him. It was... It was like I was like I was like Marcus Alonso, you're washed. You are done. You're done out of here. It's gone. it's gone. It's gone. It's over. It's over. Um, he wasn't so great.
1: nuts for the ages.
2: Wasn't,
0: wasn't Wasn't so great going the other way, Tarrant Lampty, back towards his own goal, but he's a wing back, he doesn't have to, but he is magnificent. Um, and they created a really good chance for Lewis Dunk, um, Kepper back to the, which, which he'll be kicking himself because at the time it, it could have been huge. Um, if that goes in, yeah, that this is a
1: heck of a different game.
0: Yeah. But L- Lewis Dunk, long. sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it was a hell of a mess. Right. But let's quickly talk about Brighton's goal. Because if you want an illustration of Chelsea were much better defensively in this game, right? Much better. Zuma and Christensen played really well and they looked better from sent, from set pieces. But if you want an in, if you want a look at why Chelsea can't win a title this year or why I scoffed at you last week, Dave, when you suggested it'd be hired in Liverpool. Kepa Pratt, Keppa caught Shot, odd shot. Turned it around and booted it in his own fucking net. <laughs> he has to save that. Yeah. He has to save that. A, a keeper for a mid-table club has to save that. He's, uh,
1: any Premier League keeper has to save that. He's got,
0: a, he's got a real... Since his debut, Chelsea conceded 19 shots from outside the box. and um, We're not talking John Henderson's strike against Chelsea from a few years ago when it was right top bins. We're talking shots that he should be saving.
1: Um, For reference, everyone, that is the most in the Premier League in that time.
0: Yeah, it's he's dreadful. He's abysmal. and not he also, also...
2: Wasn't there a start last year that he missed, like... There was, like, maybe even double figures of goals conceded by Chelsea where he didn't actually move at all? Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, yeah I, I know
1: the, he's he's 12 goals worse than his XG.
0: Kepper is statistically <laughs> the worst keeper in Europe. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> It's, it's time, time for, for Jamal Blackman getting back from Rotherham. It's it's time. It's time for it's time for Mendy from runs Get the checkbook out, just pay it. I don't even know how good he is. Just he may he, uh, Mendy
2: he can, the problem between the sticks.
0: All oh, right, that's enough of you. If he can, <laughs> if, if he can at least save the shots he's supposed to save, Chelsea be in a much better position.
1: That's literally all you need. Just a standard goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, but otherwise, it's it was a. Not a great performance, but with promising signs, particularly when you add Pulisic and Ziyech into this team um, and Kovacic too. Yeah, I'd hope Loftus-Cheek never starts again. Um, Loftus-Cheek's performance was almost at Bakayoko away levels of bad, except he didn't get himself sent off. So I think it might have been worse. Um, <laughs> it wasn't good. And he's on... Because um, I, I love Loftus-Cheek, but i I I think, there's, I think it's time. I think it's time that you th- we think about a loan for him just so he can get his fitness and confidence back. Um and then maybe a permanent move. if We find something. <laughs> do do right the club needs to do right by him because they in- they got him injured in a fucking ridiculous mid-season Yeah,
1: sack. absolutely. which
0: which honestly whoever agreed that Chelsea should be sacked because it is it's ludicrous because he was he was on such good form. Um anyway, Brighton are going to be good. Tariq Lamptey is going to be good. It's another right back for England. But um I don't know if you two had any thoughts on the game. I've sort of just waffled, done a Dave and waffled for like 10 minutes.
1: I'm, I'm pretty much with you, so there's, there's not much else to say, I don't think.
0: Yeah. I'll say will tell
1: you what. I thought scored, but that was more of a Kepa OG, I'd say.
0: Honestly. <laughs> My lads, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how, he was okay, his first seat. I'm going to end the pod here before I start crying. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Thank you for joining us, everyone. If you want to keep up to date with everything that we're doing, you can find our more in-depth thoughts over on inandaroundmedia.com. Look, lads, I remembered remembered it as part of the rigmarole. Um, You can also send us questions by emailing us at inaroundpod at gmail.com. Mike, if they want to follow you to find out when you're going to be posting your next article about how Callum Wilson and Joel Linton could be the York Cole of this century, (laughs) where can they find you? <laughs> uh,
1: at Mikey Breslin on Twitter for any uh, York Coal analogies from the North East.
0: Northeast. Um, and Dave, if they want to follow you for more um, hot takes about uh, certain fullbacks not being elite, where can they do that? <laughs>
2: uh, at Dave Harris underscore forty four. Also, see there that Ma- Matt Doherty is one of the best left backs in the league.
0: Yeah, can be. Um, and you can follow me at World Seventeen. Um, but please don't please don't follow us at In and Around Pod on all the socials uh, where you can find our latest thoughts of the weekend, you know. You can find my season preview, which I wish I'd actually written after Monday's game so I can fucking lambask here. But I was quite fair to him. Yeah, you were. Well, <laughs> I, I was quite fair to all of them. And I wish I could take that back. Um, anyway, until next time, thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.
1: Cheers, guys. Cheers.